That's all that matters. Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Saturday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. We're live on twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. That means we must be doing Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, head on over to readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O.com. Make sure you follow all the socials. Follow all the streamers that volunteer their time streaming and having fun and hanging out with chat they're much appreciated and we hope you'll appreciate them and the biggest way you could show support is hit that subscribe button hit that follow button and bring your friends we appreciate it we've got a lot to talk about today starting with one of my favorite ips in the world i hope it's one of yours too but before we get to it let's introduce the co-host mr jason winter how are you sir i don't know about gumbo but i could really go for some pizza all of a sudden yeah yeah, the pre-show. Don't know, we, don't know a why. lot of, lot of pizza talk. A lot of pizza talk. Also, on deliver the all the way from the UK. Yeah, I hear the Papa, Papa John's, John's there isn't that. garbage from chat. <laughs> Papa John's in our neck of the woods is absolute trash. Hmm. Also on the line, not a pizza man. Doesn't make pizza. Makes art. What's up, Yod? How are you? I'm all right. I mean, I I've, I tried to make pizza when I was really little, and it turned out really horrible. I can do a pretty good stir fry though, so there's that. Yeah, you but and, yeah, you and the missus like to go like in weird like you don't do don't don't post pictures of pizza. You post pictures of like puff pastry balls and <laughs> like you and the missus. You guys go crazy. I've seen I've seen I... pictures of you with the walk out too. Hey, I, I don't go I don't go hoity toity on my food, but yeah, I I try to make it you know presentable and tasty pizza can be art ninja you're absolutely it can. right it, it you're can absolutely right. It, i i don't i don't get much into the baking aspect is the thing pizza isn't art when you get it from papa john's though no, it is <laughs> yeah. not it's yeah, more yeah, or less make... i'm eating this so i don't starve yes. <laughs> i tried to make pizza when he was young and it turned out terrible i tried to make art when i was young and it turned out terrible <laughs> right. so that's how it works and now we host podcasts uh yes <laughs> And those are, those are turning out terrible, too, but we enjoy them. So. <laughs> as long as we're having fun and you're having fun. That's exactly. All that exactly. Well, I figure we'll start off this show because last show, you know, we kind of had some just really negative news across the board. Ooh, uh, yeah. So I figure we'll start out with some, like, coming soon, some announced titles. We did this back in, in January. There really wasn't too much to do it in February, but we'll do it here uh, in March, because we do have a couple bigger ones that I think are worth talking about a little bit. Probably the one we'll spend the most time talking about was the announcement of Aliens Fire Team. The announcement kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it, gang? Like it did. Uh, just like all of a sudden, here's another Aliens game, Jason. Boom. I mean, we 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 had covered that that there were Cold Iron was working on an Aliens game, so we knew something was going to come at some point, but. Maybe not right at this time. Yeah, I mean, and it's already 
all over Steam as far as being able to wish list it. Cold Iron Studios is listed as both the developer and the <laughs> publisher when you look at Steam's page. Cold Iron, however, does have uh, an overlord, Jason, a corporate overlord, and one that, you know, maybe there's a reason you're not seeing the name anywhere. Yeah, because Daybreak knows their name is Poop, so they basically try to hide it as much as possible. They're still not even listed as a publisher for Lotron DDO on Steam, which they have publicly acknowledged being the publisher for for about five years, and only just last year acknowledged they had actually bought the company, so... I don't know. It's. I'm. I'm not gonna lie, Yod. So I love the Aliens franchise. I'm like I love the Aliens franchise. Like I don't. I don't know if you can. No, it's on its side. But like I have tons of Alien stuff. Uh, the tabletop game, like the D and D, you know, that's that just recently came out within the last few years. We own that. We haven't had a chance to play it yet, but uh, absolutely love the Aliens franchise. Even love the bad movies. Just appreciating how bad they are. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's right. me. That's me. Love the franchise. If it's a shitty movie, it's a shitty movie, but I'm going to enjoy it for being a garbage movie. Uh, unlike Papa John's Pizza, which I just will not enjoy <laughs> for being garbage pizza. It's just not going to happen. So wow. uh, obviously I was not in the minority. Very, very disappointed with Aliens Colonial Marines and that whole fiasco with uh, Sega and um, uh, oh, shit. Gearbox. Thank you. Gearbox and Mr. Randy Pitchford and E3 demos and stuff like that. Then on the flip side, we had Aliens Isolation, which was one of my favorite games uh, that year that it was released, just creating exactly the tension that you would want in an Alien franchise oh, uh, yeah. game. And one alien just made the whole damn thing scary. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. When this came out, I got the press release in my email box. Um, because we do cover, you know, free-to-play games over on MMOBomb.com, so I'm part of all these distri different distribution lists, even if I don't cover them. This one, right. not going to be free-to-play, at least I wouldn't imagine it to be, uh, given that it's three-player co-op, PvE. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to want some, uh, some money for this one, and that's fine, as long as it's good. Yeah. I saw the press release, and I immediately went, oh, no. <laughs> I was a little bit uh, skeptical, and I think a lot of people are being skeptical, Yod, and kind of putting the, the feelings, just temper them down a little bit because right. it's really been hit or miss with the franchise. Right. Now, was, was Colonial Marines the one with the uh, female scout armor? Uh, yeah, I forget. I, yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, uh, once again, if, if you need, I mean, being the big Aliens fan that you are, if you need a set of Colonial Marine armor, I know a guy. <laughs> um do you were you a little apprehensive i mean you've kind of uh yes and no i mean it looks amazing the the footage they showed looked really cool i wanted to pick it up like just seeing the footage i wanted to pick it up it looked like the type of game like you know i want to play this once again, though, it isn't of the Aliens franchise, and they don't have the best track record. So... Yeah, and this is going in a bit of a different direction, Jason. This isn't really capitalizing on the one-person suspense-slash-horror 
of the Alien franchise. This is kind of moving in a more, you've got to try to survive an onslaught of, of mm -hmm. these aliens in cooperative third-person shooting gameplay. Uh, taking place, by the way, 23 years after the original Alien trilogy. Uh, so after Alien oh, really? 3, yeah, 23 years later, uh, you're a colonial marine stationed on the USS Endeavor, and, and here you go, the Xenomorph threats. Now, we're going to show some footage here, by the way, and this is uh, courtesy of IGN. IGN, literally like the day after everybody got a press release, all of a sudden had a sit-down gameplay with uh, a few of the team. And this wasn't... Jason, this is the type of stuff that you and I like, right? When you're not getting shown gameplay by the devs via you know whatever a skype call or a, a zoom meeting or something and you're not allowed to touch it this was two of the team one person from ign sitting down actually just playing the game and chit chatting about the game as they go which i think is a far more effective demo of a product than seeing a very guided tour where you're not allowed to touch anything so kudos for that type of presentation at least from me I mean, it depends on the game. If it's something I want to play, then yeah. If it's something I don't, then I'm perfectly happy to sit back and watch. <laughs> like, oh, another Arc Age demo. Yeah, sure, you guys go ahead. <laughs> don't like Arc Age. Uh, who does? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently <laughs> not this, many. They're server merging left and right right now. <laughs> uh, this, this demo was amazing. Yeah, it actually, I thought it looked really good. So from a, a aesthetic perspective, I feel like they kind of nailed it, Yod. Like, yeah. if, oh, if yeah. they can't get you scared with one alien because that's it's a different style than that type of scare, they're still trying to go for the tense feeling of, you know, low ceilings, uh, very narrow passages, not a lot right. of escape points. You got to make a choke point to save yourself. That type of suspenseful gameplay. And from what we saw in this about 25 minutes, I highly recommend you check it out if you're even remotely oh, interested yeah. in the game. Um, they kind of nailed the aesthetic. They definitely nailed the sound design. The sound design, at least for the mission we saw, was spot on across the board, whether it was the motion detector sounds or the, the different rifle sounds. So uh, definitely kudos there as well. Now, am I going to like the gameplay and this style? I don't know. It's very Outriders, Jason, which we're going to talk about the three of us <laughs> a little bit later, in that it's three people running around and, and doing things. However, it breaks from Outriders in that there really is no true go play it by yourself. If you play it by yourself, you're going to be playing with bots. Yeah, it is Left for Dead Aliens, basically, is, yeah. is how it looks. Yeah, it, it like does look like that. If you like that sort of thing, you're going to like this because it's. And the one thing that I, I think about when, when I look at this is that, like, how, how repetitive is it going to get? They talk a little bit about different challenge levels you can put in to get different loot or whatever. But yeah, just like you can Left 4 Dead, permission. yeah, just like Left 4 Dead, it's like zombie, 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 and this is going to be alien, 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 alien. So is it going to get repetitive after a while? That's something they're going to have to really work to avoid. Right, and those are absolutely uh, accurate concerns. And so the team did, you know, get that question during this this little demo here. And so, one, you're not just uh, against Xenomorph. They said there's about 20 different aliens in the game, and they may have taken some creative liberties on the original source material to make other enemies, including, like, a uh, one that's spitting 
to to do ranged attacks, ones that burst when they're when they're destroyed into huge puddles of acid, giving them vi- different cosmetic looks as well. It's broken up into four different campaigns, uh, arranged from a total of twelve missions, so maybe like what three missions per campaign type deal. Uh, they all tie together though into one like overarching story. And they were asked, like, what's it take? Like an hour to do a campaign? And they 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 said they were very careful like not to put a time on the, the mm. campaign length, I thought. They they went to great lengths to basically just say, it's longer than an hour. Maybe it's something like you and your friends do a campaign a night, depending on how long your play sessions go, Yod. It's bigger than a <laughs> yes. box. Yeah. Yes, it, it depends on who's sitting around staring at the wall going, ooh, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and how I, I'm guessing you can do different things where different amounts of enemies will come at you at different times. Because, you know, it, it seems like that whole right. thing where you trigger certain things, and yes, at the end, you have to create a choke point, and you know, it's wave after wave. And aliens coming at you, or whatever enemy, but it also seems like there's a possibility for if you make too much noise in certain areas, or whatever, you'll trigger a few more extra baddies, maybe? So, we'll yeah, have to see. I, I we'll could, have to see. As far as, yeah. like, difficulty oh, yeah. and stuff, they did say there's multiple difficulty levels, to your point, Jason, right. as far as replayability goes. So, yes, you can amp up the difficulty. Uh, friendly Fire off in the default difficulty on in the higher difficulties which i think would in these very narrow confines for most of these places could really make some some things exciting there is a progression system but it's more about getting kits and perks and leveling those up for your individual character because this is not don't confuse this for a looter shooter that is not this this is as jason said more left for dead than Borderlands, if you have to make a a comparison to something else you're familiar with. On top of that, they do add the challenge card system, these little cards that, like, Jason, Yod, you and I could play before we start a particular mission for the umpteenth time that will modify the mission in various ways, mutate it. Maybe it's just changing the screen overlay to something a little more obstructive uh, as far as your view goes. Or, you know, body shots don't do anything. You have to get head or weak point shots. And you'll earn more experience, more attachments, more cosmetics, and the rewards for that. It, it is a concern of mine, Jason, that, you know, if I got to do three three people co-op or me and a friend and a bot or me and two bots, and there's only 12 missions initially, am I really going to care about the higher difficulties without mm. that looter-shooter-driven mentality that you get with like a warframe for example right where you go in and yeah you do the same thing for the 900th time but the loot is the driver not the content i, I don't know if it's going to be able to strike a, a a nice balance here yeah that's going to be the big question it's going to explode out of the gate and everyone's going to want to play it in the first few days but are they going to keep people in beyond the 83rd, you know, dark corridor? <laughs> right. <laughs> I just I just don't know about that. Yeah, and Mad Martha in chat brings up a good point too that it, it's kind of like I understand why, but as an Aliens fan, I'm like, hmm. Uh, Mad Martha says, from what we see here, the aliens are going down too quickly. I'd like to see every alien difficult to kill. That would make them scary. Yeah, they're going for, you know, quantity over durability here. In right. Just... The, the fear of being overwhelmed versus the, the fear we talked about, Yad, that the Aliens yeah. franchise is known for, that one alien hunting you in the dark, oh, suspenseful, very strong powerhouse this is, being. 
this is more Aliens, the second movie, as <laughs> right. Alien, the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's more of an action shooter thriller rather than a suspense thriller. Right. So, But, but yeah, yeah, you do want to see, it, it, it does kind of break my heart. Like, I'm watching the content here, so I apologize for not looking at the camera. Oh, um, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, I, man, those things aren't strong. <laughs> They are I mean, like the basic zombies in Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Right, well, right. There, there was the few uh, warriors at the choke point battle at the end of their stream where yeah. you know, they're running on two legs and it takes quite a bit of damage to take them down. And it keeps leaving. Right. It, it keeps escaping right. from smart. them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's smart. That was really interesting. And they did make the point, Jason, uh, uh, when they were talking about this, that each mission does end with some big climactic moment. Now, in the one they did... It was kind of a swarm fight with a one a more powerful, more difficult enemy that kept evading them and leaving them and stuff like that. And again, they are playing on the default difficulty here, not the uh, the the higher difficulties. There were no challenge cards used in this, so body shots did damage. Um, but those climactic moments could be what we see in this video. They could be a particular individual boss with very unique mechanics. They said there's a, a wide variety of options going on in those climactic moments at the end of missions, which I think are going to be more reminiscent of the big, powerful warrior, queen-type alien, almost indestructible, than what you oh, see yeah. on the path to get there. Can you get, like, the exosuit to, to go <laughs> and grab it and toss it out? I'll tell you what, though. Like a holler. One thing that I think is really... You know, I mentioned it's, it's more aliens than alien. Right. Someone on one of the I'm reading on one of the sites here. I'm actually a rock paper shotgun. A comment that someone had that really made me think about because they were talking about how you know is this going to be good? Was you know compared to Marines or isolation? Someone said I think isolation reminded everyone that aliens was always a horror setting first and an action setting second. Yeah. That includes the second film, which a full hour of slow burning tension passes before anyone even sees a xenomorph. Yeah. So. This is just going to be blow up stuff all all day long. So I can see how it it, it it's got to work. It's got to work really well, even though it's got a great IP for it. Yeah, I'm worried about the hook. It's something we've already talked about. What's going to keep right. me playing this? Because it's not looter shooter. In fact, you're it is class based. You'll be choosing from five classes: gunner, demolisher, technician, doc, and recon. In the video we were we're watching here, they were playing the gunner, the demolisher, and the technician. Um. Each Nobody with their own special abilities. What's that? <laughs> Nobody ever wants to play healer. Right. <laughs> Arsenal is a little over 30 weapons. Mods and attachments are a little over 70. So yes, you will have some loot gathering and attachment and customization there, but not, again, to be clear, not in the vein of like a full-blown uh, looter shooter type game. A perk board that modifies and improves those abilities uh, basically, you have two weapons. You can swap those by category. There's also a sidearm in case you really get into danger, but I have a feeling if you're pulling out your sidearm, the game's just about over <laughs> <laughs> at, that, at that point. And you do have two class-based abilities uh, that are on cooldowns, and those could be changed or modified based on your perks. So all very, very familiar feeling. Like, there's nothing I saw in this video that, Jason, I was like, Oh, wow, that is really, really neat and unique. But by the same token, I don't really need the game to be super unique. I just need the gameplay to be compelling and for me to want to do this over and over again with a couple of friends. The loop, 
is the part I'm worried about. From what I saw, I'm excited for this. I'm going to temper back just because I've seen aliens bones right. left and right. <laughs> but I, I think there's something here. How are you going to hook me? Yeah. So, so you're saying if you have to pull out your sidearm, it's game over, man. Game over. <sighs> You might as well pull that last grenade out of your pocket and, you know, hunker down in a hall in a air duct somewhere. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Be I, on I, this planet anymore. I have a hard sure. time seeing it. Seeing it as being something I would get that would have a really long shelf life. I guess that's that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I tend to agree. We're gonna find out soon too. Release summer 2021, so it's literally just a few months away. So December. <laughs> not every game does its launch dates these days summer 2021 on pcs and consoles now in the video they weren't specific about what consoles but mm. i would imagine everything but the switch like <laughs> i just don't you don't say i gotta give him credit though like again i can't stress enough how much better your product comes off when you're willing to let people get their hands on it, it and this is still months and months away. To put that in comparison, Magic Legends, <laughs> which comes out in a few weeks, has been running press items and reviews and stuff of uh, either they play and show you the content, or if they give you any hands-on time, it is a very, very narrow, specific vertical slice of the game that they're letting you see. Go look on IGN. And the big expose, like, mm. they had just, what, like three or four weeks ago. The game was a month and a half away at that time. They didn't, it was it was a hands-off demo. A hands-off demo. Mm. When, if you're going to hands-off demo me, your game better be a year from release, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I understand why you're hands-off demoing me at that point. Uh, I like that they did this. It does it does distract them in the video a few times, though, where they're trying to answer a question. They're like, oh, shit, stuff's <laughs> behind us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I will say, though, that maybe in about, oh, 12 days, you might get a hands-on Magic Legends article at some point. <laughs> maybe. Just saying. Maybe. There is a site, MMObomb.com. I'm just saying maybe you should check it out and follow it. <laughs> Two out of three of us might do stuff there too. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mad Martha doesn't like the third person viewpoint. And I kind of agreed with that when I first yeah. read the press release. But then when I saw the gameplay and saw the style they were going for, uh, as far as, you know, more aliens and quantity and stuff like that, I was kind of okay with it. Um, if it had been something more in the alien isolation, you know, genre of alien games. Then Plus, yeah, I probably would have wanted it to be first person. Look at that dude they're showing out with the minigun. How else is he going right? to show off his, his massive ar his arms? Yeah, yeah. And, and the, guns. the uh, other guns. Yeah, the the uh, what is it? The uh, steady cam gun <laughs> that they have. I like when they go to put turrets behind them to cover their rear, and one of the burster ones comes up and just demolishes the yeah. turret with acid. <laughs> it's just. Acid all over the turret just melts it, and they and they the, get attacked from behind. The AI seems pretty smart with that stuff too. Like they'll attack the turret first. I love that. So I love that. Yeah, by that, the way, that is really when it jumps cool. on him. Mm -hmm. That has to be interrupted uh, by one of their teammates while they're playing. Oh, jeez. 
Otherwise, it just starts smacking them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Predator DLC. Yeah, whole milk. Mm, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I was not excited for Colonial Marines. I was excited for Isolation, uh, and I'm I'm moderately excited for this. I have the same concerns. It seems like you do, uh, gentlemen. You know, how are you going to hook me and get me to play after 12, 15 hours of gameplay? Um, and you know, do is it just tense firefighting, or do I feel like I'm in an aliens game? Right? Could you Plus, replace the aliens with zombies, and the tension is the same, <laughs> Jason? If it is, then why is it the aliens' IP? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, Plus, it's see. the aliens' IP, so we'll have to see. Will it be shafted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, boop. Boop. Uh, <sighs> we'll keep you posted. Just a couple months away. Hopefully, get our hands on it. Pretty, pretty soon. Um, also, pretty big news, gentlemen. Apparently, this one much further off. Oh. There is an open world Dungeons and Dragons adventure game in the works. In very early development, a AAA third person open world fantasy game in the D&D franchise. Um, announced on March 2nd. Via the Twitter for Hidden Path Entertainment. Hidden Path is hiring. We are in development on a AAA third-person open-world fantasy RPG that will be taking place inside the Dungeons & Dragons franchise. They're looking for a graphics programmer, lead graphics programmer, senior technical artist, and a writer. So if any of you fit those bills, head on over to Hidden Path Entertainment's Twitter for more information on how to apply. And I got to say, I'm kind of amazed this hasn't been a thing for decades now, right? Like, we get all of these different D&D games, but we've never seen, what, for lack of a better term, Jason, Skyrim in D&D. I mean, that's been the trend for the last decade or so, everyone trying to make their open-world game of something, whether it is Witcher or uh, Zelda or whatever else. They're just a little late to the game because probably... D&D and the D&D... Well, I guess you could also make the argument that any open-world RPG is D&D-based. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> but they don't, all, they don't all have to pay them to pay the money for the IP. Right. But yeah, it just seems like D&D just... It feels old right now. It just feels like the sort of thing where you're like, yeah, that's still around, and I guess they're going to make an open-world game. It's, a, it's like Grandpa buying a Ferrari, you know, or something. <laughs> or Grandpa buying a Switch, maybe, I guess would be the more accurate thing. It's like, really? Aren't you too old for that? <laughs> Aren't you uh, too old for an open world game? I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm eagerly I, awaiting this. I'm not. It it, it could be interesting. Um, I, I is it like Neverwinter D and D though? It hasn't been, that been around for a long time? But I, mean, I guess that's not Neverwinter a is actually a D and D ish franchise. Yeah, it's an MMO, but I right. imagine it's a single player kind of game instead. But Right. Yeah, but and I, I the other concerning thing is that it's Hidden Path Entertainment. If you've never heard of them, yeah, I mean, there probably isn't a reason for too many of you to have heard from them. I, I haven't heard of They're them. They're the developers behind <laughs> Raccoon Lagoon, Defense Grid 2, and they've done some VR work with uh, Witch Blood and Brass Tactics. Uh, yeah. So not exactly <laughs> the... <laughs> Well, the realm well, of work we, that you would be familiar with. Hidden Path worked with Valve developing the latest entry in the Counter-Strike franchise, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. You ever, ever heard of that game? 
I've heard of that. Yeah, and, and I will give I you $10 right now if you knew before reading that somewhere that Hidden Path had anything <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. Uh, let's see. Whitney Strix Beltron, the h- high-profile indie developer responsible for the award-winning tabletop game Bluebird's Bride is the project's narrative director. That's a horror RPG based on the French folktale. Uh, with rule with a rules light engine, so <laughs> Mad Martha chat. How does D and D not have enough writers? Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> question. Uh, this is not the only large scale project running right now for D and D, but it is the the only open world one. Uh, the other ones, the creators of Divinity Original Sin series, fantastic games. They did, of course, Baldur's Three uh, in early access late last year. Uh, Wizard's Own Studio took games is doing a co-op uh, RPG called Dark Alliance, which has our boy Drizzt in it. Uh, Jason, I I know you you don't care about Drizzt. I like Drizzt from Neverwinter. God, you're so edgy. I am. Edgy. <laughs> I am. All oh, Drizzt is dark elves. He's the edge lord. He is definitely the D and D edge lord, one hundred percent. Oh God. So we'll see. This one. We're not, you know, we won't be revisiting this topic for quite some time. Mm. I like the idea, but again, it's one of those things, Jason, where if you paid to use the IP, how do you make it feel like the IP? Because if you could just play this game and replace it with Skyrim characters and it feels the same, <laughs> then why did you pay for it to be D&D? The same way we just talked about Aliens Fire Team. <laughs> That's kind of the point I was making. Like, like twenty years ago, you know, fantasy, big fantasy franchise. Yeah, D and D is like number one and number two, number three, four, and five. And now it's like, yeah, that still exists, I guess. Yeah, should <laughs> we talk about video games? Yeah, you know, between whether it's like say, Witcher or Warcraft or a dozen others that probably come to mind. It's like, okay, I guess D and D still exists and still makes some games, but it's it's not the huge news that it once would have been. Do you uh, you tend to agree there, Jan? Uh, a little bit. I also have the thought that with a IP like D&D, much like a lot of the other major um, IPs that we see out there, such as things like Star Trek and Star Wars, when you make a move to make a game or a uh, you know any kind of project with that IP in it, you gotta be careful. Because you're gonna piss off you know well, you're going to piss off some of the fan base anyways, no matter what you do. But you want to kind of hedge your bets so you don't piss the majority of them off <laughs> with what you're doing. So I, I think something like Dungeons & Dragons, which is so long-lived, it has such thick lore and backstory and all that stuff, it would be very slow-moving in getting into some, some new media or a new game or a new movie or whatever comes out. Because you do want to be careful if you want to do it right. But that's my personal opinion. No, well, and, let's not talk yeah. about Dungeons and Dragons movies. Okay. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, let's not. Well, let's let's, not, let's, let's not talk about Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, sure. <laughs> because that was an awesome cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have the three DVD set over there. Hell yeah, that was an awesome cartoon. It's it terrible, was. but it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, a lot of those 80s awesome. Saturday morning cartoons were terrible, but awesome in some way. 
Speaking of like our reviews on things here, what did you gentlemen? I know this isn't the relic grind, but we'll we'll interject here <laughs> uh, and talk about Square Enix just for a little bit. What were your impressions of the Outriders demo? I know all three of us played it not together. We were doing it in different groups, so maybe we all have different takes on it. What classes did you like? Did you like anything? Are you interested in when it comes out? Where are you on Outriders now, Jason? Didn't we talk about this last week? Did we? I thought we'd covered it very briefly. Yeah, it was like right at the tail end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it looks nice, but I don't know if I want to pay sixty dollars for it. I mean, it's fun. It looks good. I played the the tanky guy. I haven't I've only gotten like the first two missions or so. I haven't gotten that far in it, but I'm still planning to get back to it before it launches. Where I can still play a little bit for free. The but. the reason I bring it up again, yeah, we did kind of hit this at the the yeah. last and uh, bit of the show, but there was they are patching the demo. Uh, they released an announcement, I think it was yesterday Again? or the day before, on a number of different improvements that they're going to make to the demo. And then mm-hmm. they brought a list of a lot of things that players are complaining about that they can't fix in the demo, but they're going to try and see what what options they have prior to launch here. Because this is a month away, right? It's April 1st. Right. Some of them hit my biggest gripes, Jason, which is why I wanted to kind of bring this up. I love, again, the way they're handling this stuff. Again, will I enjoy the game long term? We'll see. But I can respect what they're doing now. The shaky cam during the cutscenes. Oh, God. They can't do anything about that in the demo, but they're going to see what they can do uh, about reducing that when it it gets to launch, which is Mm. a good one. The cover mechanics being a bit janky. uh, Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be patching in stuff for the demo on that one and then for launch doing more to make sure that the cover feels a lot smoother uh, getting in and out of, of cover, particularly when you're moving. Like It was weird during the demo when I was running into something and I would hit to cover and my character wouldn't do anything, but if I ran yeah. and stopped short and then hit cover, it, it made it. It was very weird. Uh, so lots of the gripes I had, it was nice to see We've heard this by a lot of other people. It wasn't just, you know, crazy ass Mike with his little <laughs> podcasts and and that they are doing something about it. So again, I've got to give, you know, thumbs up. We'll see if it all, you know, bears fruit come April first. Yeah, hey, I, I didn't know they were doing another update. Um on Tuesday when I booted up the PS4, it, it auto updated the demo. And I was kind of wondering what that was you know, what they changed about it. Well, they kind of have to. Like, it makes sense that they'd be doing because they don't plan to take that down. They plan to just leave that up after launch. So, uh, right, we'll see. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, Uh, I I did play the Devastator, and you know, did all the missions maxed out to level seven and world tier five, I think. Yeah, and it's a fun game. I don't know how, you know, if if I'm going to buy it day one, but it's a game that I'd play again and, you know, purchase. There's a lot of people saying the same thing you said, Jason. Mm-hmm. Having fun. Enjoying it. Would probably enjoy it if it were 30 or $40. <laughs> probably not going to enjoy it at $60. Uh, lots of people tend to, to have that opinion online right now. So you're not in the minority, sir. <laughs> uh, Bloomberg reporting that Nintendo is planning to unveil a new model later this year of the Nintendo Switch with a larger touch screen to kind of prop up demand oh, in yeah. time for the holidays. 
an OLED uh, screen from Samsung that will be able to output 4K Ultra HD graphics when in docked mode, provided, of course, you have in 4K television. Um, <laughs> Samsung Display Companies uh, will start mass production of 7-inch 720p resolution OLED panels as early as June, with the initial monthly target of under a million units. These displays would then be sent to assemblers in July to have it ready for the holidays. As by, uh, by way of comparison, the current model features a 6.2-inch 720p resolution screen. So, yeah. You know that little black border around the screen, like, on the Switch? Pretend that black border is part of the screen, and that's about <laughs> the size that you'll this upgrade. Also, give it a longer battery life since it's OLED, and there's, there's a bunch of right. stuff there uh, that comes with that. So... Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you want a switch, you probably have one by now. Jason, right. like, does, even I, who there are two Nintendo Switches in my house, right? The one that's a family's, and my <laughs> son got my oldest son has his own. I have, yeah, I would like to play it on the 4K TV in 4K, but frankly, the games I want to play in 4K, I'm not playing on the Switch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing them yeah. on the PS5, or I'm playing them on the Xbox Series S, or if I have X, if I have to, I'll play it on my PS4 Pro. I, I don't know, like how much of a demand is there for a Nintendo Switch with 4K output and a slightly bigger screen? I mean, if you're a dedicated Nintendo fan, and, and you see a lot of see a lot of the games that have been coming over there lately, stuff like uh, 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 Warframe. You know, the Witcher, Skyforge just came over. Games that are decently you know, good-looking, you know, AAA PC games. Obviously, there's some demand for that sort of thing. So I guess that's maybe what the, the direction they're going in. I mean, I see that it's yeah. like asked for a bunch of places. I'm not disputing that. You know, Nintendo wouldn't even be looking at this if people enough people <laughs> weren't asking for it. I, they'll right. sell. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. I just don't really know who they're selling it to like who is that person because there's apparently enough of you asking who is that person asking for that slightly better uh bigger screen and the the 4k option i i love my nintendo switch don't get me wrong but i'm not buying the switch pro like like i did with the playstation uh, I mean, 4 pro yod i mean you, you said earlier i think i think you said that the old oled screen is going to be touch is the current nintendo switch touch i didn't think it was because i don't have one the wife has one and and she said and when i mentioned it to her she said no she's not really that interested but of course i know that when it comes out eventually she's gonna want one <laughs> so she's the person that is they're probably marketing towards the, where there are you, is are you asking if the DS... switch is touchscreen? Because it is the regular, yeah. the regular okay. one. Yeah, so yeah, the regular, yeah, yeah. Regular yeah. one is okay. Yeah. So if that's not an upgrade, it's just the screen itself that's slightly larger and it outputs to 4K. Um. Yeah, I don't really see a need to upgrade that until it's like a next gen and maybe on sale. Maybe then she'll probably want one. The other argument on this on this one, Jason, though, is. Also, why? Like, the Switch is still selling <laughs> tremendously well. 
Like it, it just was shy of like 80 million units in February. So I'm sure it has surpassed that by now. It was at like 79 and change. And again, this is speculation, you know, leaks. So could come this year, could come next year, could come not at all. But like, don't you normally do this when the sales are on the decline? <laughs> so, so, so wait, your first statement was, if you already have a switch, if you wanted to switch, you already got one. And now your statement is they're still selling like crazy. So <laughs> they, so are. Is they are. What is it? Well, then, apparently there's still demand for it. <laughs> for another one? Then, well, didn't, didn't they release the uh, 3DS XL while the regular 3DS was still going pretty strong? Well, yeah, and COVID has just been tremendous for Nintendo. Right. I mean, it's just been absolutely so... <laughs> tremendous right. for Nintendo. That whole Animal Crossing thing. Yeah, that that did <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Yeah, so, that moved so, a yeah. lot of units. <laughs> um, I'm guessing, yeah, that it's it'll thirty one point one eight million is how many they say Animal Crossing is sold. Jesus, that not is... it's, it hasn't it hadn't reached a Mario Kart Eight Deluxe yet. That's thirty three. Wow, that is a that's lot that's of Mario units. I don't yeah, know. We'll keep an eye on it, and yeah, uh, maybe we'll see it this year. Maybe we won't. I will tell you something that I can't wait to see, though, and that is this guy right here. If you don't know what I'm showing you yet, keep an eye on this if you're an RPG fan. This is a video from oh. uh, Fantasian. This is an upcoming RPG by uh, from Hirobu, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, of course, of Final Fantasy fame. Uh, composer Nobuo Umatsu, of course, Final Fantasy fame. Uh, these are coming from Mistwalker. That's Sakaguchi's studio that he founded in 2004. If you don't remember, they did uh, Blue Dragon and some other titles. Blue Dragon was pretty damn good. Um, this is, uh, I think, you know, may maybe the game's not going to be great. I have no idea. And unfortunately, I probably won't play this. And we'll get to why yeah. in just a few seconds. But I've got to say, I love this art style. In fact, I'm going to move this over here so I can watch the trailer while I'm talking without like not <laughs> looking at the camera at all. Obviously, I'm going to like the music. It's Nobuo Umatsu, one of my favorite composers, whether it's in or out of video games. But the art style here is tremendous. The game, is, and super clever, the game is built around the world being uh, dioramas. Like actual real world people made hundreds of dioramas and then they put the characters in them and you can't really see that too well in the trailer so let me show you a few images while we get your impressions Jason my impressions are it, it looks nice <laughs> Uh, and actually, Martha just exactly is what I said there. I thought there was one character there who was, uh, what's her name, uh, 2B. Looks like a 2B from near. There's another guy who looked like, uh, I don't know if you tell, tell if he was trying to be uh, Orin or Vincent. Yeah, he's one of the two. It's like. Right. And and then the, the, the description says, the tale begins at a run governed by a machine. Oh, wait, where is it? Where is it here? 
He had taken over my machines, which Leo caused a massive explosion oh, by yeah. the hybrid magic tech factory. Oh, yeah, it's 100% old-school JRPG. <laughs> my like, God, it's Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, it's you, got the, a, you got Leo, you got magic tech, you got memory loss. It's the art loss, style totally that above. you're selling here, Jason. It's Jeez, the art style right. you're selling here. I like creative stuff uh, like this, though. I liked, uh, what was it, Yoshi's Woolly World. I didn't particularly enjoy the game, but I liked that where it was all made out of yarn and, and stuff like that. I sure, like stuff like that. That looked like that. I look at the I looked at the video here. I wouldn't have known it was dioramas if you had. No. Well, that's that together. was more story trailer than actually sure. just showing off. Uh, well, even looking at the screenshots there, they look they look good, but I'm not like clearly this is a special thing. It's, it's, Dude, they look I awesome. I don't know what you're they're, talking they're, about. It's 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 art for art's sake. They did it because they could. And it's beautiful. I'm glad yeah. they did. I want to be sure. a part of it. Yod, you're the artist. Break the tie here. Break the tie. I, as, as an artist, I can appreciate him going through this extent to make all the dioramas and all that stuff. My brain is along the lines of, where do you put all the stuff in real life? <laughs> and I, I'm, as, I'm pretty sure the a, game development studios, they got a room for this stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. And it's probably going to go to a museum at some point in time, you know, one day down the line. And it's going to be amazing to go visit it and look at it and see all this real stuff that, you know, was this this was um, scanned into this game. But as a commercial awesome. artist, as a production artist, I'm sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be easier just to build it in the computer rather than build it in real life, scan it all in. Oh my god, I can't believe scans. I lose this one. The, I couldn't even sway the artist to come with no, me no, like, like, on this like one. I said, like, like I said, as an artist, as a pure artist, it's amazing. It does look amazing. <laughs> but production-wise, when you think about it in the line of production and how things need to be done to get things out on time, and and in good order, and not drive your fellow artists the insane. Artist with me. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Being the lead artist, you're gonna drive. I don't care. The production artist insane well, by doing you know, this. I'm buying you this day one. Takes. I don't care. I don't. You care. know what it takes, Yod? You know what, what? it takes to, to do this? All you have to do is create Final Fantasy, and they will right. freaking anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make it out of dioramas. I'm yeah. here in Obusaku Gucci. Screw you. Yeah, then your assistant <laughs> artists are all like. You create a Final Fantasy? Sure, I'll do whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm buying this day one. I don't care what you lunatics say. I don't know. If for nothing you, else, it'll be for Nobuo Umatsu's music, even if the game. Yeah, sucks. That, that'll be worth. That'll be worth. The it. music yeah, will make I'll it worth. I'll just buy the soundtrack. Tidmore, thank you so much for the uh, sub. That is very kind of you. We appreciate it. I'll put the disco lights on in the background for you. I'm not going to do the applause sound effect right now since we're doing the show, though. But thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Fanboy detected. Oh, you didn't have to detect it. <laughs> Fanboy. Fanboy. Right here. Fanboy. Um, no, Please. Yeah. How many Final Fantasy fourteen podcasts <laughs> have I been on in the last seven years that were my own or not my own? Uh, Jason, I'm going to turn this one over to you. You've been following this a little closer than I am, uh, but this is just a really bizarre situation for a video game to be released on Steam and then eh, be taken down off of Steam all at the developer's request. Yeah, the developer's... Uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I totally hit the... <laughs> what? I totally switched to the stream setting because I turned oh. the disco lights on. Come on. <laughs> Bring it back. It's coming, it's coming. <laughs> 
I see. Okay. Are we getting it? We're getting it. We're getting it. Okay. We're getting it. There we go. All right. We're That's what happens when I have to whatever. go back on Stream Deck to get those lights for Tidmore. <laughs> okay. All right, Jason. Uh, so, so what's going on uh, here? So the game is The Sinking City. Uh, the developer is Frogwares, and they made it for publisher and Nekon. It's all they're all French, so I'm going to sound with like Nekon. Uh, it's a like atmospheric kind of horror title. Looks pretty good. I actually looked at it on Steam once. I was like, wow, that looks kind of neat. That's something I could be interested in. But you can't get it because, as you said, Frogwares, the developer, has DMCA'd it off because apparently they're just in a dispute with Nacon over over the uh, publishing rights and the profits from it. Uh, they say the Sinking City has been in dispute in French courts for a while. Uh, that was, this is the Valve VP of Marketing saying this. An interim decision last fall appeared to give Nacon the right to distribute the game on Steam while the litigation proceeded. However, today, that was March 3rd, three days ago, we received DMCA takedown notice for the version that Nacon recently shipped, so we have responded to that notice. And Frogwares has gone on to say they did not create the version of the Sinking City that's on sale on Steam, whereas Nacon says that the Steam version was official and complete, and that they paid all their uh, you know, requirements to Sinking City, so they had the right to put the game up there. Now, Frogware, or I think Frogwares said that they uh, some of the content in it was not approved, was not part of their contract, so that's part of why they're taking it down, so... Yeah, it's it's a big old mess between the two companies that I don't know when it's going to be resolved. Yeah, I mean, there's not really like a lot for us to speculate on here, but or any or really talk about like in depth. Besides, what the hell? This is yeah. like bizarre. Yeah, like, imagine Blizzard, you know, like putting <laughs> something up there, or or not putting something up there, but having Activision just put it up there without Blizzard's name on it anymore, and Blizzard being like. WTF, that's our game that we're in partnership to, what do you do? Like, how bizarre is this? I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, and I've covered, Actually, it reminds me a little covered of, games um, for a long time. What was it, uh, Spin Tires? Spin Tires uh, had a dispute with, the, the guys who made that had a dispute with their publisher, so they went on and made their own game, but what, Mud Runners, I think it is, so yeah, that that's that's what it reminds me of. Kind of, of yeah. Hey Yod, how you uh, doing yep. with Avengers? You still playing that? <laughs> <laughs> is that where we're going now? Is, is that? Uh, I, I thought we weren't relic grind. Nobody's <laughs> playing that. Get the. <laughs> no, little, no, really, nobody's playing that. What is it on <laughs> Steam see. charts right uh, now? I know you're gonna Steam look. Steam charts oh, says it's at, uh, well, five hundred thirty-three. That's not bad, I guess. Oh, they're getting ready for the Hawkeye thing, so. A little bit of a bump going into that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, probably, you know, expect that number to maybe go down a little bit because for some odd reason, on the 18th, when the Hawkeye stuff joins the, the game there uh, and we get the PS5 and the Xbox Series X version, uh, Crystal Dynam Dynamics is going to make the game more grindy. <laughs> yeah. The, the part of this that gets me yeah. is they said that they made it so that leveling was was linear. Going yeah, yeah, one yeah. Two is they were going from thirty to thirty-one or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, have you guys ever made an RPG before? Right. No. Like, nobody does that because that's what they're going to change after twenty-five. They're going to give it more of a curve. 
So credit where due, Ari Nottis over on Kotaku, since I'll be quoting here. As things currently stand, as Jason pointed out, the leveling system in Avengers is structured so each character levels up in a straight line right now rather than an exponential curve. Basically, it's just as easy to get Iron Man from level 1 to 2 as it is to get him from 49 to 50, the highest level. After this change, that pace will remain as it is until around level 25, at which point it'll require more XP to continuously level up. Now... They said this is because of the original pacing, having pacing issues, because skill points are coming down too fast, which can be confusing to newer players. And they want those decisions to be a little more meaningful. Which, okay, on the surface is fine. The reasonable reason to make a change. But after you beat the main campaign, your hero's like level 15. If you just play through the campaign, he's like... They're like level 15, 16, the one that you use the most, by the way. So this change doesn't impact that leveling bracket Mm -hmm. since this doesn't start until you get to level 25. Yeah, not newer players for sure. Right. (laughs) So the whole reason they say they're doing this isn't the audience that's impacted by it. Like, what the hell? I, I go back to, like, you hear this a lot of the time when a game company says making a change where it's like, we're doing this to help newer players or because of feedback we got from new players or whatever. Like, I just want to see that sometimes. I want to see the emails they get for, or that <laughs> actually says, oh, I was confused about this or whatever. I, I get it. I get that a lot of times we overestimate what we know as, as experienced kind of players in a lot of games, but too many too many changes, I think, are made as an excuse to... as They make the changes under the excuse of we're doing it for new players. And this is, like, definitely one of them. What new players? <laughs> well, that too. You're not getting any, so who knows? <laughs> oh what God. new players? The game's practically free on a bunch of different distribution channels. D- didn't, um, didn't Anthem die because they made their grindy game extra grindy? How much can I get this shit on for uh, Amazon right now? Let's see. This shit. Yeah. (laughs) Marvel's Avengers is now this shit. I can get it brand new for 30. Still 60 on Steam. I can get it used starting at about $21. I just grabbed the PS4 first. It was just the first link there. (laughs) You know, that's the one that's more valuable anyway because you'll get Spider-Man at some point if the game doesn't shut down. Oh, God. They'll get Spider-Man the next day it'll shut down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish up here with some good news before we go to our games of the week. I think this one's really, really cool, Yod. Uh, Ghost yep. of Tsushima devs are being made permanent ambassadors of the real island of Tsushima. Nate Fox and Jason Connell will become permanent tourism ambassadors to the city of Tsushima in Nagasaki, the island announced this week. Ceremony, of course, will be digital. Uh, And they're even going to, like, start building some tourism stuff based around the game uh, to kind of spread the name and the history of Tsushima the way the, the game did. I think that is incredibly cool. Yeah, the I mean the the fact that they made the game so you know so realistic to the settings that 
the actual place went, oh my god, this is our place. Let's reach out to them and do this for them. And, you know, try to get more tourism so that our city can make more money. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's really cool that, you know, they had created that game to the point where it's real enough that the, the city itself is acknowledging the fact that the settings are a real place. Because you don't get that very often in a lot of games that, you know, actually take place in real cities. Yeah, and to your point, though, the mayor did specifically say, like, I did not appoint them for the purpose of having them do anything in the future. Thank you to the two of them, Sucker Punch Productions and SIE. I have heard from people all over the world who have learned about Tsushima through their works and now want to see, know, and go to Tsushima. I, yeah, I hope they don't, Matt Martha, I hope they don't do anything, like, cheesy yeah. like that. Right. I really hope so. Like, the game actually... treated the place... <laughs> better than you would be treating the place if all of a sudden there was a Shusima Bandicoot or Shusima <laughs> Bandicoot or whatever. Uh, I actually watched some uh, South Korean streamers quite a bit, and they, they've talked about how they want to, once the travel restrictions are better, they want to go to Tsushima now because oh, yeah. I love of the game. The game man. Oh, I love yeah. the game. Speaking it's of so that, pretty. let's slide over and do our games of the week. What do you say, gentlemen? Sounds good. And then we'll get the hell out of here. I'm uh, I'm gonna go first. <laughs> Sound excited? You know what sucks is so there's uh people now just finding the channel, right? And yeah. uh, they're going through the YouTube backlog and like you know listening to the older episodes. It and sucks I'm, the people listen to our episodes. I uh, no no. What sucks <laughs> is I'm picking up votes <laughs> on episodes oh, where the votes. where that stuff is already closed out and a winner was determined. Just before I got on this show, somebody gave me a vote on uh, the YouTube comments for my Astros Play Lab. Do you remember what episode I recommended Astros Play Lab? Uh, like three? Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> yes. We've kind of already declared a winner for that one. But it's much appreciated. Keep the votes coming and, and bring your friends over to vote on uh, YouTube or over on readycheckradio.com, R-A-I-D-E-O. Uh, I actually I'm gonna pull this up real quick. You're gonna break the stream again? Oh, that's <laughs> you. That is I. Okay, Tidmore. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes Tidmore. sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> your YouTube does, is is your regular name. Yes. Well, thank you for the votes. I mean, I've already lost. I vote for me this thank week. You for <laughs> the votes. All right, I'm gonna give my game of the week to a game called Maquette. Uh, an indie game. It's a puzzle game, very much in the vein of like a Mist, a Riven, uh, that type, of, or The Witness, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I haven't completed it yet. It is free if you have PSN. Uh, you can go and get that right now. It's the PS5 bonus game, though, so you'll have to have the, the PlayStation 5 to get it. Uh, brilliant art style. I'm like moved by it, but I'm not, I don't know what, you know, how it's going to end or exactly why it's telling me the story that it's telling me between this, this couple, you know, that, that met and it's their memories, but very unique puzzle mechanics, kind of an inception thing going on a world within a world. You can do things on a model and it affects the real world. You can shrink things that way. It's a very, very interesting. And it's free if you have the PS five Maquette, M A Q U E 
T-T-E. Go ahead, Jason. I know it's showing its age a little bit, and I know it hasn't gotten new content for a while, and it's got a sequel coming out, but I still like playing Overwatch. Even after all these years. Oh, my even having, God. If Overwatch wins, Overwatch. I'm going to burn my house down. Well, but but everybody hates it now, so it might not. But <laughs> I, I still like it. Don't even care about the loot boxes so much anymore. But it's still something I play at least a few times every week. Still liking it. Still playing. They've inoculated you. You're you're totally immune to the loot boxes now. The old yeah, Jason is gone. Until Overwatch 2 comes out. then I'll, The old Jason well, is gone. Buy, He's like, loot boxes aren't bad. I don't buy them. I know you were you were yelling at Zista about how bad loot boxes were, and you were like, "No, it's it doesn't matter in Overwatch." You're like, "No, loot boxes, no, this is all right, whatever." Yeah. Yod, what do you got for us? All right, so there was an article that came out on uh, Forbes earlier this week, and it mentioned that in Australia, apparently, um, they uh. Nintendo Switch got a Robotech the Macross Saga HD release. Now, I don't know how how we can get that in Man, America right you're now. you're just trying to beat us all with anime lovers is what you're trying to do. <laughs> hey, 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 Now, hey. Macross was one of my original favorite animes, okay? It is still my favorite. I've got figures of it all over the place, and you might occasionally see one in the background. But... It was released in Australia. I'm sure somewhere, somehow, you can get the original Macross side-scrolling shooter, which is, I think is the same thing as what the HD remaster is, which hopefully one day it will release on the American Switches so that I can steal the wife's and play it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my game of the week this week, is Robotech Macross Saga. Jason, I feel like we got hosed. I picked an artistic <laughs> puzzle game. You threw Overwatch, and then he's like, let's go the anime route. We'll totally win. <laughs> Chat's already saying Weeb's reporting in. Come on. <laughs> can't do that. Let us know which do you think is the best game of the week recommendation in the comments, either on readycheckradio.com or on our YouTube page, uh, and let us know who won this week. Chat, make sure you're sticking around after the show. After the show, we'll go dark for about 10 seconds after the post-show, and then we'll be right back up with our streamer tonight. Mr. Torchwick, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm torn on who to vote for. We Overwatch and anime, and then your hips are wow. Definitely not that crap. Wow. That bucket of shit, as he put it. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it. There might be something wrong with your computer. Uh, in about 10 minutes. You are in the same house, sir. That goes both ways. I do okay. have the, no, no voter intimidation. I do have the ability to ground him. So I can throw all your collective stuff onto the ground and shatter it. That goes both ways. <laughs> what are you playing tonight, boss? Uh, we're playing Fallout. OG Fallout. That's right. Getting it is. The rules are games older than you. Mm-hmm. We're getting them... Um, Torn to pieces by like three or four death claws all at the same time last night, or not last night. Why? Well, no, whatever. <laughs> I meant to say last week, and then I did hop in last night to see if I was doing something wrong, but I didn't yeah. actually progress. You came down after watch. last week's Fallout stream and said, "Well, we basically got nothing accomplished on this stream because we had to go back and do it all again." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we'll turn it over to you in just a minute. Chat, Torchwick will be live with some fallout in just a few minutes. We, of course, will be live here throughout the week with our shows, Snowbound on Tuesday nights, The Relic Grind on Thursday nights uh, for World of Warcraft, Blizzard, slash Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Square Enix, respectively, and then right back here next Saturday with Gaming Gumbo, as well as my multiple streams throughout the week and everybody else's streams throughout the week. Check the website for the streamer schedule. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Artworks on Twitter, Yod Artworks on Facebook, and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Jason? I'm on Twitter at Winter Inform, while streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter, and here on Ready Check Radio, Tuesday nights at 8 after Snowbound. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio so that we can tweet at you, and you can come and visit us live and hang out and have fun. Until next time, stay safe. Later. Later.